you have to think about your partner. Uh, in this case, is LP. They're passively investing. They're not dealing with day to day. I think it's our uh, fiduciary duty as a GP to inform them. Uh, there's no such thing of over communicating, just given that you're they're not involved. And I'm pretty sure that given the right circumstances, they can understand why the distribution is have to be withhold, right? For whatever reason. But as long as you communicate it and set the expectation appropriately, I think, you know, again, as a partner, they'll they'll understand. Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Tali, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Tali. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Tali, and my guests today are Hendra and Mercy Tambunan. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. Annette. Thank you, Anna. Guys, I am so excited to have you because not only are they killing it in real estate, but they are my dear friends. Uh, they are leaders in one of the multifamily and more chapters, the San Francisco one. And uh, we met last year at the um, Jake and Gino event in Orlando. And it was such a nice time to, to get to know you in person. And since then, we've been networking and talking and, you know, I have to say you guys are the type of people that become friends when when you start networking and then it becomes a friendship more than just a networking uh, relation. Uh, like, you know, last week I had a question about like a legal question and, and I was just asking people around what they were doing and Hendra even called his lawyer and then sent me back the response. So, you know, I really, really appreciate you guys. You're the best. So let me tell you a little bit about them. Uh, they came as foreign students to the, uh, to the U.S. and earned their degrees from San Francisco State University. After graduation, Hendra has worked in pre-IPO industry, oh, startups, Fortune 50 and Big Four corporations, while Mercy worked in the hospitality industry and successfully operated multiple restaurants. After investing in single family on the side to save for their son's college fund, they realize that it is not scalable fast enough. Same as me, guys. I started for the college fund and realized you couldn't scale. So we yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it prompted Hendra and Mercy to start looking for multifamily by late 2018 and finally decide to jump into multifamily investing by mid-2019. Today, Hendra and Mercy have been involved in five projects with more than five, 900 units as both general and limited partners. Hendra and Mercy also lead the San Francisco chapter of Multifamily and More, the networking group of like-minded family investors, multifamily investors. Besides doing investing in multifamily as a family, Hendra and Mercy love to connect and help others who, have, who are trying to get into real estate investing multifamily specifically. So right. welcome guys. So Thanks. now that, you know, I, I think I already spilled the beans about you, but like, tell me a little bit your, uh, your personal story on how did you realize that you wanted to get into real estate? Well, I mean, we accumulated a single family portfolio. And then, you know, at one point that just, you know, it just like, like, it just like, um, many of the, um, the dream, right. To have like a multifamily as a passive income, eventually, 
going to be a vehicle for us, going to be a vehicle to paying for our son college tuition. Grow, you know, coming as a foreign student here, we enjoy the benefit of not have the burden of student loan. And we want our son who are born here to experience the same thing like we have. But at that point is you can see that the inflation and then the, the rising of the tuition costs. I just told Mercy like one day, like, look, we got to make a choice. Either we're going to be able to retire or have our son have you know, student loan eventually. And that's the reason we realized that, you know, our portfolio is not scalable enough. And that's the reason why we start looking into multifamily. At the same time, Mercy was looking for a business too. And when we start looking into multifamily, we can see it there's intersection with the business and investment, something that we truly enjoy as a family. That is awesome. Yes, and I, I can attest to that. I was also an international student and mm -hmm. I was able to do it you know, without debt. And now my sister, uh, she is an international student and it's so much more expensive. You know, and you know, yeah. even for a person that is a local, a resident, it's still very expensive. So, mm. um, you know, kids are going into debt, uh, you yeah. know, nowadays to go to college. And, you know, you shouldn't start your career with like $100,000 in debt. Yeah. So kudos to, to you guys for, you know, making sure that that doesn't happen to, to your child. And, you know, that was kind of the same uh, idea that we had with my husband. We bought a duplex and we said, okay, that's our daughter's education and then my son was born and we bought a second one and then we kind of liked it and you know that's how everything started the deal but anyway so let's talk about the deal um so tell me about your deal what what's the deal what type of asset and what's the location so i, I guess we can talk with the, one of the latest deal that we we, are, we just closed recently earlier this year it's a multifamily, obviously, in a C-class uh, um, class asset and located in North Dallas, though. It's 176 units. is part of the syndication. I think we, the listing price was like $13 million, so That's what we acquired it for. All right. So how many units again? 176 units. 176. Okay. So yeah. let's, let's, let's dive into this. How did you find this deal? So it's a little bit interesting because <clears throat> we do have a partner. I mean, multifamily is a real team sport. We work together as you know, in a partnership, as a team. Um, we came across this on our desk. It's actually coming from a networking from uh, one of the brokers' firm in San Francisco. I expressed that like this is my target market is actually Dallas, and then he sent me the offering memorandum about this property in Dallas. And then when, as we underwriting it, actually our partner in Dallas was also being awarded at the same time. So it's kind of a little bit, that's like about like a day or two difference, but that's how it works. So you, you, you'll be surprised that in multifamily, networking is very key because you always be connecting and that's how you, you never know because the, you might be have a broker relationship in your local market who might be able to bring you a deal somewhere else that might be potentially fit in for you and your partner target market. And that's how we you've actually find a deal, which is kind of a little bit interesting. Not really the typical, like you go to the target market, finding a broker and then finding a deal over there. Or, or, or uh, market. It's all about relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So you, a uh, uh, person that you knew, a broker that you knew sent it to you. Yep. That's correct. Yep. Okay. 
Excellent. All right. So the listing price, you said the listing price was 13 million? I think so. That's about right. I think they're there. I would, I don't remember it on the top of my head, the listing price, but we actually acquired about 13 million something. Yeah. All right. All right. Perfect. So, so how did you negotiate it on? Because you said that it was a little bit more expensive, but then you ended up paying 13 million and, and change. What were the points were, you know, like maybe did you do an inspection and then you found certain um, uh, problems with the property or just from the underwriting, uh, you decided that it was worth this much? Um, it's worth, I think it's worth that much based on the underwriting. It has some potential. One thing that really, really a key advantage for us, 500 yards away from that property is actually, is our partner's property. So if you can see it, that we can minimize the resource expenses that way, right? So I think that's another, it's a value add opportunity. Uh, it's new HVAC in the building. But one thing that really uh, exciting for us, because 500 yards away, there's another sister property that basically you can just share resources. And then, as you know, the game of the multifamily just increased the, the income, minimize the expenses. And that way that we can handle it by having a, shared resources between two properties that within a Jensen location. And I believe it's uh, sharing the amenities as well. So oh, it will create wow. another so, value added. Yeah. Right. This is really important, something that you just say, and I want to hone in into it a little bit because in multifamily it's very important to lo any real estate, I guess, lower expenses and increase the income of the property. So when you have two properties next to each other, you can share those expenses. Like you can share the same maintenance person. Yes. You can share the same property manager. And now you are adding something even better. You can share amenities, yes. right? If a property right. doesn't have amenities, then you can use the other properties amenities. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. awesome. yep. Exactly. That's excellent. Excellent. All right. So how did you um, fund this deal? Well, um, just like syndication, we, we do have a, a, a passive investor that coming in and becoming our equity partner. And for this one here, we are using community bank for funding it. We don't go straight to the agency debt because the agency debt required typically about 10 years. And this one here, we're planning to hold it about five to six years. So obviously community bank is going to be the uh, financial uh, component for that kind of strategy. All right, so let me uh, go back a second to syndication. A lot of people don't know what a syndication is. So could you please um, expand on it? Yeah, typically syndication is comprised of two parties. One is what we call a GP, which is a general partner who's gonna be playing an active role, maybe from investor relation, asset management, uh, acquisition, that's their playing active role. And there's also another second party, which is what we call a limited partner or playing more like a, a passive investor where they're not really necessarily, you know, involved in the day-to-day -day operation. Um, they, but they hold the larger stake of the equity of the deal. They, they're typically coming in just because they only with the capital and that's where we combine them together. And that's what we call a syndication model in multifamily acquisition. Awesome. So you have the, the active part, which is the general partners, which are doing all the work. And then you have the, the passive investors that are bringing the money and they hold most of the, the equity on the deal, but you know, they don't have to do any work. 
That's correct, yes. Yes, syndication, awesome. All right, so you were gonna do a syndication, so you were raising capital uh, with your passive investors, but instead of doing normally a, a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac um, loan, you decided to go with a community bank, correct? What, um, what advantages did you get from that? Using a community oh. bank versus... <laughs> Uh, for community bank, typically the, the LTV is a little bit lower and then you're willing to, it's based on the relationship. And the reason they they are really, really can do it lower LTV or, or lower down payment, I should say, because they're vested in the community. They know the area really well. They know the economic growth in the area versus, uh, and then also the, the typically the, the prepayment penalty typically is somewhat almost non-existent just because they're they are really vested in the area to begin with. Versus the agency debt where you are um, typically there is nationwide and then they're not really um, vested in the area that well enough. And then obviously you're probably gonna require typically a, a higher down payment to begin with. And now with the COVID-19 uh, situation too, with the agency debt, they're gonna, most of the time, I, I would say, yeah, majority of the time, they're going to ask majority. you for reserve mm -hmm. until your property is stabilized. Absolutely. Okay, so LVT is loan to value. So basically, they are going to give you more loan and less down payment, right? And that's that's right. one yep. of the advantages. Yep. And then we also talked about um, um, debt. So agency debt. So agency debt is going with Freddie Mac and Freddie Mae, which sometimes they have a lot lower uh, interest rates, but they have sometimes really high uh, prepayment penalties, correct? And you were trying to avoid that. Awesome. All right. So, so now tell me a little bit about the project. When did you close on this? This one's closed in February. Okay. So it's really early on the process. That's correct. Yep. But the good thing is it's, it's doing really well. I mean, we got a 95% occupancy, uh, occupancy right now, and we already start distribution for our investor investors, base, which is really good for this kind of, you know, COVID-19 situation right now. Absolutely. What was the occupancy when you uh, acquired the property? I think it was like about 92%. So it's already somewhat stabilized. We have some opportunity to adding a few more amenities, but I think we just hold it up. What we end up doing is just minimizing the expenses, especially and, in the water. Yes, water. and that is so important, right? Like, you know, when you, are, um, when you are doing a syndication and you're planning to do all these improvements and then COVID happens, you know, you wanna, you know, hold on a little bit to the money that maybe you planned for, for CapEx for improvements yep. and wait and see what happens in case there is no, um, there is, there is problems and then you can use that money as reserves instead of stop um, distributing money to your partners, right? That's uh, correct. That's yeah. that you don't want to, you don't want to, uh, you know, stop distributing money to the passive investors that they invested on your deal. So I think that's, that's actually one strategy that uh, Whitney Sewell used also on one of his indications uh, that he bought right before COVID. You know, they were able to, they were, they had the plan of, um, doing all these renovations on the units. And then at the end, they decided to just pull it back a little bit and just do like paint and minimal upgrades to the units to fill them up instead of doing a full reno and hold on to that money for reserves just in case. That's yeah. correct. And one, one of the key that a lot of syndicator overlook too, right? You gotta 
you got to communicate it. I mean, you have to think about your partner. Uh, and in this case, is LP. They're passively investing. They're not dealing with day-to-day. -day. I think it's our uh, fiduciary duty as a GP to inform them. Uh, there's no such thing of over-communicating, given that you're, they're not involved. And I'm pretty sure that given the right circumstances, they can understand why the distribution is have to be put hold, right, for whatever reason. But as long as you communicate it and set the expectation appropriately, I think, you know, again, as a partner, they'll, they'll understand, right? Because and, and we're because together. Yeah, and you touch on a very important uh, point of communicating with your partners because limited partners and general partners, they are partners, you know. Yeah. So if you, you need to communicate, the, you know, if there is a change of plans and why it's happening, right? Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's all about the communication and that's awesome. And always looking out for your passive investors too, right? Exactly, yep. That you uh, are doing the right thing and, and communicating it to your partners. Yeah, and also sometimes simply uh, when they receive uh, uh, the report, uh, it could be overlooked, right? They don't they don't read it, so mm -hmm. we'll just say, "Hey, have you seen you know the the communication?" And then, uh, "Did you see this?" And then pointing out what is important. Then they was, "Oh, I did not read it." <laughs> okay, and do you, and we ask, "Do you have any question? Do you anything that we can answer for them?" And then any concern. Normally they say, oh, I have to read it first. Okay, good. It's there. It's <laughs> in it. your inbox. <laughs> it's in your inbox. <laughs> yep. yeah. and, and Mercy, how often do you communicate on a regular basis, like normally, and then based on COVID, do you have to communicate more often? Typically, it's a monthly, right? Yeah, mon monthly. Yeah. Monthly. monthly communications? Yeah. Okay, so probably there's no need for more when you are already doing it monthly. Correct. All right, so guys, what is your exit strategy for this deal? I mean, you kind of mm. mentioned uh, that you were, wanted to hold it for five years, but what's your, your exit strategy? Well, once thing to stabilize, obviously there's gonna be some um, new profit center that we part of the business plan that we need to execute first. Ideally, we're trying to sell it uh, and just give the money, uh, return the money back to the passive investor and go from there. Awesome. Productivity hack. All right, guys. So now we go to the part where you are going to share with me your uh, productivity hack. So this is uh, one thing that you have done in your business that has taken you to the next level. Absolutely. So you want to share yours? Um, <laughs> I love journaling. Um, and... The key point is journaling is the night before. It sounds so simple, but many people uh, don't do it. But, and then uh, focus on only three things, right? Uh, three things. Um, and on the, in the morning, I will take a look and I keep my journal open. So it just keep a mental reminder that I'm on the task. <laughs> and I will do a kind of... Uh, uh, Pomodoro uh, techniques, which is kind of um, block and focus only 20 minutes with no interruption. And, you know, many times when I, let's, let's say I do uh, my pit stack in, in that 20 minutes and I, oh my God, I have, uh, I have to underwrite this. That's a distraction. So what I do, I will write it down because we have to write it down. So it kind of, 
it's again it's a mental <laughs> mental uh we'll just put it down and then okay i will taking care of this so i'll uh, underwriting this one and then i'm keep doing it and if just focus and then i learned something from um, uh, this book limitless by jim quick about focus uh, because so many things happen in our life and then so many things to do. Um, I imagine there is um, a light bulb in my computer. So uh, when I try to shifting a distraction, um, I have to remind, okay, the light bulb is still there and I'm keep looking at uh, the 20 minutes. Um, that's the focus. And also, I, I like to plan my distraction, meaning distraction is checking Facebook, Instagram, you know, all those good stuff, including my Netflix. Um, so I, uh, we have to plan it. Okay, I'll do it at night. 11 o'clock, I have 30 minutes. So I will distract myself. That, that is so awesome. Everything. When, when you're journaling, are you journaling kind of like your to-do list? Correct. Okay. Uh, uh, only three things to uh, to focus on that day. Next day, on the on the next day. Yes, yes. Yes, I, I was reading about that. That if you do that at night, then you're gonna kind of unconsciously gonna be thinking about it at night, and then the next day you're gonna wake up with more ideas. Exactly. About yeah. how to how to do it. You know, mm -hmm. and it's, yeah. that is awesome. So, tip journaling. Journaling a night before. Yes, the night before. Awesome. <laughs> Expert tips. All right. So now is the part of the show where you guys are going to share three expert tips. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Hendra and, and Mercy, they work together. So they are going to share with us three tips on how to successfully work with your spouse. Start, Hendra. Well, you have to think about, you know, as a family, as a, as a team member together, right? Everybody have their own strength. Everybody have their own uh, short-sightedness, but that's how you work together. For, for me, um, I'm more like, my strength is just like ideation. I'm more like a, a lot of uh, uh, ideas generation. You know, I, I, you know I, I can just wake up in the morning and like, hey, I got an idea about this multifamily. How about we doing this or doing that? Mercy is more like, you know, she's the one that always put me back to earth again. You know, she just kept calling me like, hand her back to earth, hand her back to earth, just look back to reality again. Because at the end of the day, she knows like, I get a lot of ideas, but I don't have to own all the time in the world. It's just the one I'm going to end up using, doing it, right? So we got to, I think there's understanding the strength and then the weaknesses also, and then helping to complementing each other. In this case here, I have a lot of ideas, but I shall also need to learn and accept that there's a limited time that I need to be balancing out with her. So working as a husband and wife, obviously that's what kind of um, ideas that we negotiating, like, Hey, this is idea is great, but maybe we pull it off until, you know, year two, year three, or maybe this is a great idea. We can execute it right now, but I need time. I need your help to work together because I'm not really that technical. I'm not really understanding about the aspect of it. That kind of thing that we we constantly negotiation uh, negotiating in terms of working together as a team. Awesome. Yeah. Tip number two. Yeah, I think um, it's important husband and wife if we can work uh, together, especially in the investment because a lot of decision, especially when we are dealing with money, then <laughs> we we 
we have to be in agreement uh, before only Hendra is the one who's taking care of the um, um, the real estate, real estate uh, component. And I keep asking, so um, why we don't get this? Why we don't get that? You know, it's because I'm, I don't understand the concept of timing and, um, um, you know, capex and everything. But now when I understand, I can, I can tolerate a little bit more. So I, I believe if we do investment as a family, it will make the ball roll faster. Right, because we're um, both on the same page, basically. Right, exactly. and the same mindset is important That's as right. well. Yeah, we understand. Awesome. All right, number three. Well, number three, um, this is probably going to be a little bit somewhat um, anti-climax because I call it like no when to stop. Because uh, here's the thing, right? Working together as husband and wife is great. You can talk about the business all the time. Um, you also know... Uh, um, it's always masterminding among each other. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to know when to stop because at the end of the day, you're not just a business partner, but you're also a husband and a wife. You're also part of family, right? So knowing your limit, you don't want to talk about multifamily 24-7 because at the end of the day, you might lose the purpose that you, what, why you're doing this to begin with. Yeah. We invest in multifamily for our son, and but we still have to operate as a, a father mother and son together in the family so if we never know stop we might turn off the son who, who are going to be enjoy the benefit later on and we lose him forever right so i think that's that's really drawing a line um in a way like you, you want to put segmentize your time because there's going to be a time that you need to really really off put off everything about real estate talking about it or no matter how great the deal that you're working on right now, because at the end of the day, you have to go back to the root, spending time as a husband, wife, father, mother, and, and the kids. Yeah, and we, I, I love to involve our son. Um, you know, I'm showing to him, hey, uh, this is my pit stack, what do you think? Hey, this is the deal that we are working on it, what do you think? And sometimes when I uh, put, you know, uh, chart something on a cracker, I show it to him, uh, his name is Jeremiah. Jeremiah, we charge this because we want to get the points, okay? <laughs> it's not because we don't have the money. We charge the credit card. It's only because of the we want to get the points and yeah, you know, uh, and we can pay, pay it back. That's why we put in credit card. So he understand. Sometimes he said, oh, your credit card is a lot. Yes, because the points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that is amazing. I get my, my kids to count the laundry coins. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There we go. Yeah. yeah, and they like it. But now my, my daughter is getting smart. She's like, how much are you gonna pay me? <laughs> there we go. There we go. She's she's learning. She's speaking. She's, she's learning absolutely. Yep. Yep. Guys, this was awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And so tell the audience where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Yeah, well, they can reach out to us at our website www.ideaboxcapital.com, I-D-E-A-B-O-X-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Or also can email us, hendra at ideaboxcapital.com and mercy at, mm -hmm. mercy at ideaboxcapital.com. Or friend us at Facebook mm -hmm. too. Um, look, look up for San Francisco Multifamily and more. Uh, that would be a good way for us to connect as well and join the like-minded group and network with us. 
love Absolutely. to connect. Absolutely. Yeah. If you are in the San Francisco area, join their group and go to their meetups and you know you are gonna get to meet them in person and they are amazing people. So uh, if you are listening to this, this episode and you are getting value, please uh, give us a like, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or uh, if you, you can listen also on iTunes, you can give us a, a review over there. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thank Ned. you. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.